Welcome to What's So Funny, a comedy podcast where we talk about some of the most influential and controversial comedians from the 1950s, 60s, and 70s. Sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh. Here's your host, Dave Swanson. Hi, welcome to What's So Funny. I'm Dave Schwenson, and this week I'm joined by, oh, let me think, who could this be? Uh, Curly and Moe? No! <laughs> it's Logan Rashaw and Tom McGallis. Wow. Hi, Dave. Dave. What's yeah. up, gentlemen? Good to be back. It is good to be back. <laughs> yeah, it's good to be together again. What's going on? Logan, I'm going to start with you, Mr. Comedy Festival comedian all over the place going on. What's happening? So I really haven't done too much since the last time I talked. Okay, next, to talk Tom. To you, but hey, I'll do one thing. I just picked up Winter's Tales by Jonathan Winters, which is a book of his short stories. And I don't think we talked about it when we covered him in an episode. I want to give a shout out to it because it's a really good book. Oh, wow. So if anyone listened to our podcast about Jonathan Winters, pick up Winter's Tales. It's a different side of him that's still really funny. Very nice. All are right, there well, drawings in it? Uh, there are a couple between like the segments, but not a lot. Okay. There's like right. maybe five or six, so it's not an art book. We'll have to do, have you do like an oral book report on that sometime. It's an extra episode. Yeah. There'll be a test. <laughs> There'll be a test. <laughs> Tom, talking about yeah. a test, tell us what you've been up to. Always doing the art, doing a, a, a weird project for a place called uh, Skidmark Garage in Cleveland. It's for oh, real. I love Skidmark. Yeah, Skidmark. You, do you know the garage? They uh, they do comedy shows there for a little yeah. while. It's got like a nice clubhouse in it, and the so bikes there cool. are amazing. Yeah, it's like a club slash motorcycle shop where you can work on your own bikes. And man, there's some great people. And I'm doing a big sculpture piece on the wall that's made out of motorcycle parts. Wow! And there may actually be if there's ever live shows again, but it may be featured in a live show coming up. So if people or humans are getting back together, it'll be at Skidmark. I'll tell you when. <laughs> awesome. Our topic of today, our comedian, our legendary comedian that we're going to talk about today, Mr. Uh, what do you call himself? Mr. Warmth? Mr. Warmth, the one and only. Don Rickles. Yeah. Johnny Carson gave him that nickname. That's a good nickname, <laughs> it, isn't it? It does. It does. <laughs> it's a good nickname. He was, he was also the merchant of Venom, which I think he was called that a couple times and, uh, <laughs> you know, different things. But yeah, Don Rickles, that's the topic today. It's the first time I think ever on this show we've featured what they would call an insult comic. I don't think he liked that term, though. No, I don't think he did. He um, thought himself more of someone who has attitude, if I remember that correctly. He said he didn't write jokes. He said, I don't write jokes or tell jokes. I tell attitude. You know, the interesting thing about Don Rickles, and you go back, I mean, I, we will go back. We'll talk about, you know, his life a little bit and his career. But he, I think he really considered himself to be more of an actor, at least in the beginning of his career. Yeah, even as a comedian, he didn't put out a lot of material. There's just two albums, and we'll cover them. But he did quite a bit of acting, probably more than most of the other comic actors that we've talked about. Yeah, I think that's how he kind of came to prominence or whatever, how people might have first heard of him. He started doing movies, I think the 50s, what was that called, Run Silent, Run Deep? I think it was that, like a submarine, World War II submarine movie. Yeah, well, we studied acting, I and mean, that's kind of how he began. And I think, I think he wanted to be a legitimate actor. You know, in some ways, I don't know how you guys see him, but I see it as acting. I see that he's doing a lot of that in there, that he's this character, this... Um, you know, improv kind of based character who is likable. And that's why the insult thing doesn't even work for me. I never saw him as being insulting. 
people have jumped on that bandwagon, let's call it that, afterwards. But I don't remember, you know, looking back at his history, you know, and everything as far as being an insult comic. I don't think he was called that right from the beginning. Again, he broke out as an actor. I mean, he graduated from, now where'd he go? The American Academy of Dramatic Arts, New York City? Yeah, man. Yeah, he was very, very proud of that. Legit. Yes. He talked about that his entire career. He seemed, uh, you know, very proud that he did that, studied acting. He was an accomplished, you know, a trained actor is what he was, Don And he was a big big Milton Berle fan, and that's what made him want to get into show business and comedy. In New York City, the comics used to hang around at a drugstore, waiting for their agents to call. They had a payphone in the back, and they used to call their agents, am I working this week? What's going on? And wow. uh, it was called Hanson's. And Hanson's, okay. Hanson's. And Don Rickles, trying to make it as an actor, started hanging out in Hanson's. And I think that's where he met Milton Berle and you know some of the comics who were real big at that time. We're talking the 1950s. And that's what inspired him to try stand-up comedy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because he was doing the acting thing, and he thought, well, I need to get on stage somehow. And he and he didn't really write material. Yeah, it sounds like he kind of took to it quickly. Like, he took to being, like, an improviser and just crowd-working the whole time. Well, I think, let me back up on that, because I think he did write material, and he was not popular. They The audiences did oh, not like him. initially. Initially. <laughs> yeah, he got an agent... Kind of felt sorry for him, I think, or kind of booked the lesser acts, whatever you might want to call it. So they sent him around to like places like Philadelphia, Cleveland, Detroit. Oh, this is man. in the 50s. And he was bombing. And the, the thing is, the audiences would heckle him. And what happened was he started heckling back the hecklers. He started picking on them. And it turned out to be really funny. That's what they liked. So he started picking on the audience. He started calling the hecklers, the ones who were really unruly, he started calling them hockey pucks. Yeah, right, right. And that stuck with him, I mean, his entire career. I mean, Don Rickles later in his life be walking down the street, people would come up and say, hey, hockey puck. But <laughs> that's, that's how like that a started. good lesson about comics, too, is if you want to be good at comedy, you kind of have to use your own personality. So him trying to write material when really he's just kind of this, like, funny guy who likes to bust chops. That as soon worked. as he could do that on stage, it worked for him. Yeah, and you know, comics today try to do that, you know, deal with hecklers. How do you deal with a heckler? And I've seen some comics who are very good at it. Matter of fact, I know some that will tell the club management before they go on stage, if someone shouts something out, if someone starts yelling at me, don't stop them. Because this, I'll tear their heads off. I'll make it great, you know. And I'm, you know, there's some comics really good at that. There are others who cannot do that at all. Oh, yeah. I've seen some, like, almost fights break out at clubs just because they couldn't make it funny. They turned off the entire crowd and... It just became two people yelling at each other. Oh, yeah. It really is like an art to do this, a talent. And it takes, you know, crowd work and practice and everything else. But Don Rickles, that was his thing. In some cases, I mean, they look down upon that, right? It's like you you just do material, have material. If you're playing with the crowd, it's not material, right? Well, it depends on the space. But a lot of clubs don't like when you're just doing crowd work or dealing with hecklers because it's kind of like a liability for them in a lot of ways. It depends on the club. It depends on the, the comics. The one thing I always thought was funny, and this, guys, you know I booked all these, these clubs and managed these clubs, and there would be someone in the audience yelling out, they're always a problem, okay? And some comedians can really handle it. They make it part of the show. It's funny. And other comedians I've seen stop the show. They'll stop the show and say, I'm not going on until this guy gets, they throw him out of here. But the thing is, talking to these hecklers, <laughs> this is what always amazes me, is we're throwing them out or we're taking them out of the club, or if they make it through to the end of the show, they always think they're helping the show. They always think, oh, yeah, I did that to help them out. You know, I thought I was helping the show. It was like part of the show. And we're like, no, you're an idiot. 
I've seen a few headliners who they would spend the show like watching the crowd to see who they were going to pick on or see who was being like a problem. They're like, that guy back there, don't say anything. Just let him mumble in the back. When I go on stage, I'm going after him. Mm-hmm. I've watched in the bigger clubs, the comedians that do specialize in that, a lot of them will walk around the back of the room. What Say when the opening act or the, the feature act is on stage and the crowd is paying attention to the who's on stage, the headlining comedian will be walking around the back of the audience. Picking and I've stood, I've stood in the back with them. They say, oh, go look at that guy with that striped shirt on. He reminds me of Gilligan. I'll pick on him. And then they find, they find some of these people before they go on stage. So it's very interesting. At least it makes it like, you know, in the moment. Uh, like, and people asked, you know, Rickles, you know, how much of that is improv? And surprisingly, not a, I mean, he, he had an act, he had a, like a, a base for what he was going to do always. So I think, I think at one point he said it was like 5%. I'm glad you brought that up, Tom, because I have watched a lot of Don Rickles. And really, he only had two albums. You know, what was it? Don Rickles Speaks and Hello Dummy. And Hello Dummy. Yeah. And the rest of his stuff, you know, you really have to go on YouTube and look around for like the old uh, performance videos. and His roasts really, and things. Yeah, his yeah. roasts. But even back to the 1960s, early 60s and, and the Carson show. I got news for listeners that might be surprised about this. He was doing a lot of the same stuff. I mean, he did have an act. I can think of specific examples. He'll find someone in the front row. He say, "Was that your wife?" And the guy goes, "Yeah." And he makes a face like, "Oh, she's really ugly." And then he'll come back and say, "Seriously, you know, th- it was common in a lot of his shows." Also, you know, calling someone a hockey puck—that was his thing. Yeah, is he is he uh, is he coming after? Is he coming up? Yes, is he coming yes. after? <laughs> yeah, is he coming after me? Yeah, is he coming? Or, or my wife? Uh, listen, you know, she's everything's in her name. You've heard that a bunch of times. Five percent he would add to that. I thought that was kind of interesting. People go, I'm serious, when you go to see a, a whether it's a comedy show, it could be a music, a concert or something, you go to see their act. And you know, you knew what you were getting at Don Rickles' show. And even if you've seen it before, you're seeing it live. And and people love that. Yeah, people wanted they went there because they wanted to be picked on too. Yes. It wasn't <laughs> yeah. because the jokes were gonna be new or necessarily like the smartest jokes, but they wanted to be part of it. They wanted him to point at them and make fun of them. It's like having a badge of honor. That Don Rickles picked on you. Early on, he was uh, compared to Jackie Leonard, who was kind of an insult comic, and he was nothing like him. If you look at Jackie Leonard's stuff, I think Don Rickles was very likable. I mean, he's this cute little guy, you know, kind of small, round, with a little smile. It never seemed, even the most, even on like um, the one album, which is the one that's uh, the material, it's... uh, Uh, Hello Dummy. Hello Dummy. Hello Dummy, yeah, that one. You know, you can cringe at some of that stuff. You're like, oh, man, he's really going after, you know, <laughs> black people, Chinese people, gay people, you know, everybody. But I, I never felt like any of it was negative. I mean, sure, it's we don't do it now as much. <laughs> but, no, of uh, course not. Yeah, but it's uh, I didn't feel that it was mean-spirited at all. Well, you know, you, know, you, you look, I don't know, Tom, He's about not angry. That. Is he angry? He didn't seem well, angry to me in that. Well, he acts that way, like he's angry. He's got an attitude. He seems mad. I mean, it really, <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I mean, I, I like Don Rickles. Everybody does. I mean, he was just, when he'd come on The Tonight Show or something, you knew it was going to be a riot. It's an riot. event. It's yeah, it going to warrant, yeah. And, and he even said, I mean, the ratings for The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson or the other shows, the ratings went up when Don Rickles was going to be on. He was such a great straight man. He'd set him up. Johnny Carson was so good at that, man. They all knew it was an act. They were all friends. I'm sure they, you know, they hung around off stage. I mean, my gosh, he was best friends with Frank Sinatra. For geez, Dean Martin and Johnny Carson. I mean, these were some private people who are big stars, and Don Rickles was right there with them. But, you know, you listen to his stuff. I'm serious. Like I listened to Hello Dummy, his 1968 album, not too long ago. 
And I won't say which one of my family members walked in a room and I was listening to it, <laughs> but my wife said, <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that's, uh, yeah, how can, uh, how can you get away with something like that? Well, you could, I think in the 1960s, 70s, Don Rickles could get away with it. He had such a reputation. He was a likable guy. From what I understand offstage, he was mild-mannered. They liked him. They were friends with the stars and everybody. And it's that kind of personality that allowed him to get away with some of that material. But I will yeah. say, I do not think you can get away with that today. Now, I'm not saying it won't come back in the future because <laughs> comedy and everything, you know, it goes in big cycles. He was a little different offstage, was he not? I keep thinking that it was this persona that was developed. Bit of a character, since he was an actor. I keep thinking that it, that was part of it that he finally landed on a character that worked and he did it and that was and he was committed to it because he was a good actor. Oh yeah. You know, you were talking earlier about Sinatra and it's their relationship is one of the most fascinating things to me cuz Frank is this big kind of thug guy from Jersey City <laughs> He's actually tied a short to guy. the mob. Yeah, you know, a short guy he had big thugs hanging out with him. And people were terrified of Frank. They really were. And if, you know, geez, you didn't know. I think Don said at one point, you never knew if you got the nice Frank or the Frank that was not so nice. There was no middle Frank. Interestingly enough, people would say Don Rickles opened for him and he never opened for Frank. It no. was equal billing. Right. Frank always gave him equal billing. I thought that was so cool. With Frank so Sinatra. cool. Yeah, well, you know so how they met in the first place. I'm not sure because he was never in the Rat Pack. He wasn't part of that. Rickles well, he was a fringe member. He was a, he, he was, was a welcome. He was yeah, always he was around. A fringe member. Yeah. He was always around. Yeah, he was around, but he wasn't really part of it, right? I mean, considered you know like Sammy or Joey Bishop. Yeah, those you know? were the core members. But even like Johnny Carson or Don Rickles, they could walk on stage when the Rat Pack was up there, and they could riff with them and do all the stuff. But the thing is. Don Rickles was playing in Las Vegas, I think some smaller club. And of course, Sinatra was headlining, like, I don't know, the Sahara or whatever he was doing. This is back in the 50s, right? 57, 58. And Don Rickles' mom, <laughs> if you've ever heard him describe his mom, she was this real Jewish That's mother. That's right, yeah. Familiar, very talkative. My son, my son, do this, my son, my son. And anyway, she encouraged him. She encouraged she him. She called him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, she called, yeah, she encouraged Don Rickles, yes. But she called, she found out Frank Sinatra's at the Sahara. She found out Frank Sinatra's mom was with Frank, so she yeah. called up Frank's mom. That's awesome. And says, my son, you know, she get together with your son, and they all, they hit it off, Dolly Sinatra. And next thing you know, she told Frank, go see this woman's son. <laughs> and so Frank Sinatra showed up. And uh, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, Sinatra's in the crowd. And, of course, his first joke when he saw Frank Sinatra on stage, he goes, oh, Frank Sinatra, Frank, stand up. Here, feel it. Go ahead, punch somebody. Feel at home. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> and he was waiting for Sinatra, you know, for these guys to take him out. And uh, instead, Sinatra laughed. The mob became, stuff, man. Yeah, they became best friends. <laughs> like, what a gamble to, like, pick on the one person you're not allowed to make fun of. Yeah. And that could have gone really bad. It could have. Well, one time, you know, it did go bad for Rickles. I read this, too. Once. All these clubs back in the 50s, you know, there was all mob. You know, Las and Vegas. They, they called them joints. They didn't call them clubs, too. They said joints. They, these are joints, not comedy clubs. <laughs> but even, you know, this is before they kind of, whatever. I mean, back, I mean, in New York and Cleveland, Detroit, every, every entertainment role was controlled by the mob. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher? 
or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Whatever the local mob was, and they were all out in Las Vegas. Allegedly, allegedly, that's what I'm trying <laughs> okay, to think. Allegedly, things have changed. Things have we changed. We had to protect ourselves. <laughs> but anyway, there was one show Rickles did out there, and it was a mobster sitting there with his girlfriend in the front. And of course, Don went after her. Said, "Oh my gosh, she's so ugly. You know, she got hit by a train. Blah blah blah. This and that." And the guy came backstage afterwards, said, you know, with his bent nose and everything, says, you know, uh, <laughs> that wasn't too funny. I think we're going to come back and visit you tomorrow. And Don's like, oh, my gosh. And so he called somebody in New York, <laughs> and the guy in New York made a call. I don't know if Frank Sinatra was involved in this. I'm not starting any rumors. Anyway, the guy came back to the show the next night, sat through Rickles' show, laughed the entire time, came backstage afterwards, said, oh, I'm sorry if there was a misunderstanding. We really enjoyed your show. And Don was like, okay, the guy in New York yeah. called this guy and set him straight. So, yeah, all those mobs. I mean, that's, you think about the show business back then, that's kind of scary. Don Rickle said that his, one of his greatest achievements or something closest to his heart was doing the second inaugural, Reagan's second inaugural show, I guess, or whatever they, the, 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 the inaugural ball it? or whatever. Inaugural they ball, yeah, whatever. And Sinatra said, uh, I got Rickles coming. They went, oh, no, 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 no Rickles, no Rickles. And Sinatra said, you don't have Rickles, you don't have me. That's the kind of stuff Sinatra did for him. He just thought it was, uh, you know, he wanted him to be part of that. And he goes, this is, was the, one of the greatest things ever happened to me. And it's a good performance. It is a good performance. <laughs> yeah, 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 he, he went after Ronnie, watching. <laughs> Ronnie and Nancy. Doesn't he start saying right off the bat, like, you know, you, you, for the money you're paying me for this? Yeah. <laughs> this is you know, don't, yeah, you can't complain. <laughs> yeah, that's so great, man. You know, he, just to be able to do that. I guess he thought, you know, man, here's a comedian, little little guy from New York. I'm at the White House with Reagan, with Bush. I think he did a few of them. He went to England to Buckingham Palace or Princess Margaret. Oh, yeah. And he came to yeah. see him for some big show, and she was sitting there, and he went after her. You didn't do that in England. I mean, that's like, you know, the, the queen's sister, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, off with his head. And uh, she had a blast. She liked him. She called him over to her table afterwards. I don't think she could understand him quite. She said, I can't, you talk very fast. I can't understand half of what you're saying. But <laughs> or, didn't they talk about their mothers being in a nursing home together or something? Uh, you know, <laughs> something like that. I yeah, think she, they she, said, your mother's in a nursing, your mother is, is old and she is. Oh, assisted yeah. living. She yeah. was talking about the uh, queen mother. Yeah. yeah. And so is my mother. Your mother lives in Florida. My mother likes pie. So does your mother. <laughs> he yes. said it was the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah, yes. they're the same. Oh, except he said, I think the joke was, yeah, you know, the only difference between your mother and my mother is your mother has a flag on her building. Yes. <laughs> 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 Do you ever see that clip where he's on the Bob Newhart show? That's a, a pretty funny bit. He plays a show host. And, I don't think Bob, I've seen that. Yeah, and Bob Newhart is coming on, and you know Bob is is polar opposite of of Don Rickles, and they were good friends, but they were like best friends. Those yeah. two guys. 
And Bob is that Newhart is this sort of, you know, very even, low, droll, you know, just this delivery is very dry. And and he just uh, insults him on his show. They play, you know, Don Rickles plays a a show host and Bob Newhart's a sidekick in a way. Ed McMahon's (laughs) on it. And and he insults him, insults him. Finally, like Bob Newhart cracks and says, you're short and you're bald. You're fat and you're bald. (laughs) And he breaks down. He goes, oh, my God, he can... Why'd you call me that? And, he, and, he, and at the end of it, he says, I've been waiting. Now I can get out of my contract. He goes, geez, I, I've been insulting you for weeks. And this, you, finally, you cracked. Now I can get out of my contract. <laughs> it was really weird, but it was funny. I like, you know, you, you're short, you know, you're, you're bald and you're, you're short and you're fat. And he's like, why'd you say you hurt my feelings? Unbelievable. You know, so it was, a, it's a funny episode because you knew these guys were really good friends. Now there's um, an episode of The Tonight Show where Bob Newhart was guest hosting. And it's kind of like a famous episode, and Rickles is his guest, and they're going back and forth on some story, and Rickles starts slamming things on Carson's <laughs> table, and he breaks Johnny Carson's cigarette box oh, while no. Bob Newhart is the guest host. The next night, Carson comes on, does his show, and realizes the box is broken while they're taping. And <laughs> the audience and like his guests tell him what had happened while he was gone. So he goes across the hall in the studio to where Don Rickles is filming CPO Sharky. Oh, Yeah. yeah. And interrupts the live taping to like scold him for breaking a cigarette box. That's awesome. That I yeah I I, can't, I think I've seen that, but it's like it was right next door, huh? He walked yeah. over. Yeah, like the camera follows him as he walks from one studio to the other. Wow, see, that's like Letterman late later, you know, in later years did similar things, but you know, see, yeah, look it's what you Carson didn't really see from Carson. It was no, very, Carson uh, subversive. Yeah, yeah. Well, he said Carson uh, Rickles always said Carson was incredibly, you know, a quiet. Very, you know, isolated man. You know, they would do dinners. But it's interesting to see how these guys are real different, like off camera. And Dean Martin, he said, was reclusive, would go to dinner. They never talked much. He didn't want to be out. On camera, Dean Martin was this, you know, Yeah, but they all had drunk their act. Guy. <laughs> very social. Yeah. Very social drunk looking guy. It's interesting. It kind of shows you the professionalism of these guys back then. They developed these acts and they stuck with it. And they knew that that was their bread and butter. But, you know, you mentioned that clip with Johnny Carson going across the hall to where they were filming Don Rickles' sitcom. What was that called? CPO CPO Sharky, Sharky, yeah. Carson never did that stuff. So, I mean, that's how much respect he had for Don Rickles or how friendly they were. Again, you talk about Letterman doing his stuff. He did that stuff all the time. Carson never did this stuff. Johnny Carson was the king. When he goes into that studio... Rickles seems so bashful oh, yeah. and like out of character. <laughs> he's couldn't believe it. <laughs> it really <laughs> shows like what a sweet person he is when he's yes. not like on to perform. Yeah, the other thing too I'll say about Rickles, there's also another famous clip, and we should probably talk about Johnny Carson, one of these shows, by the way, because he is Definitely. just a master at what he did and what he brought out of other comics as far as being a straight Absolutely. man. And a comedian, you know, comedian himself. But there's a very, very famous clip where, and Johnny used to do these things on stage, but he was getting a massage do you remember this clip? He's got just a bathing suit on or something, and he's laying down. He's getting massaged by these girls. Okay, it's like I've seen real, that, yeah, yeah. And Don Rickles comes out and starts giving Johnny the massage instead of the girls. And <laughs> yeah, he's like, "No, get away, get away!" And, and yeah. Don Rickles is hugging him, doing all this stuff. Anyway, there was like a, a a bathtub or a hot tub or something that was next to it. It was supposed to be part of the act. Anyway, Johnny gets up and throws Don Rickles in the tub, full of water. Oh yeah, I remember <laughs> yes. that. Yeah, he's got that's the suit, awesome. the tie on, <laughs> and Johnny Carson throws him in. See, didn't it seem like they were all having a great time? Yes. That's what it seems. It seemed more that they, you know, they were doing comedy or 
I mean, you know, Don Rickles was not even doing comedy clubs much anymore, right? He was just doing with Sinatra. Those appearances, yeah. And appearances. Same with Jonathan Winters. That's where we saw them. And I think, Dave, you mentioned one of the last episodes. Yeah, but on television, they were seen by more people yeah, than they ever would be seen. But Don Rickles still toured. I mean, he still was co-headlining with Frank Sinatra. They did, he loved Las Vegas. Yeah, he liked that nightlife. I mean, he fed these off guys, of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I've also seen like serious interviews with him. And they say, what's your day like? And he says, you know, he gets up, he and his wife will go out and maybe they'll play, I don't know if he said play golf or they'll go shopping. They'll do like regular stuff. In and Vegas. He takes a nap. Yeah, in Vegas. Takes yeah. a nap, gets up, does the first show. Then he goes on, does the second show. Then afterwards, his wife tells him, all right, you know, it was an okay show, but yeah. I'm hungry. Let's go out to, they go out to have dinner. They have a couple drinks with friends. Next thing you know, three, four, five o'clock in the morning, that's when they go to bed. And then they do the same thing the next day. Yeah. It's a Not lifestyle. Not a bad thing. You know, if our listeners want to listen to that album, Hello Dummy, I mean, that really is, I mean, vintage 1960s Rickles. But the, you're talking about, like, you know, about the, the pacing. Like Logan, you mentioned, like, his energy and his buildup and stuff and his pacing. And just he gets all excited. He gets all worked up. There's a part in the album where he brings two guys up on stage. Yeah, to, right. To do yeah. that, it's just hysterical. He's like, he's like, I'll do the jokes here. You know, what? Just say this. Just say it. You dummy, say this. And he's all. The, I mean, it's my gosh, he's out of control. They're playing Indians, right? Is that what that is? Oh, it's, it's all a, politically incorrect. Yeah, yes, politically doing, incorrect. I mean, they, they're talking about Arabs and Jews and Indians, and he's got the whole thing: black people and Asians, and oh my gosh, it's just so far politically incorrect. <laughs> I think if, if kids today, the younger generation, heard this, their ears would melt. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a different, it's, he's insulting everybody on that album. There's no doubt about it. Yes. I mean, it's just everybody. I even think my people, the Greeks, I think he slams Greeks too. I think it's everybody. <laughs> everybody does friends that, with Savalis. Right? Yeah, everybody does that. You know? <laughs> and I have no problem with it. You know, I always say, you can insult me all you want. Just mention the Greeks. We're good. <laughs> we don't care about it. <laughs> it's like, I don't get offended. Uh, but, but I uh, hope nobody got offended by our conversation today uh, about Don Rickles because he is <laughs> such a comedy legend. Oh, my God. I mean, really, there's only one Don Rickles. I know there's other comics out there that I just love that do insult comedy, but Don Rickles did more of what we call attitude comedy. Old school, whatever Absolutely. you want to call it, that generation. And But the thing is, I do want to say this because at the end of that Hello Dummy album, the little speech he gives at the end, and says, you know... We're all one. We're all in this together. And yes, we have our differences. He said something like, I'm not a priest. I'm not a rabbi, but I'm going to talk about religion. And I'm going to, he does all this and just. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's really, I mean, you listen to that speech at the end of that album. You know, you know, one thing at the end of his life, I mean, not to be a downer or anything like that, but, you know, as he was 88 and he was getting older and he lost his son, who was only like 41. And some people said he just never, that was it. It was like, he wound down so fast after that because he loved his son, only son. You know, and his daughter's still alive doing, I guess, some comedy and acting. But he just said it just, it wrecked him. Well, it of course, him. something like that would. And I, I did read about that, and it was very sad. And so at the end, but, you know, on an up note, he felt he was going to be reunited with his son. I mean, it was this real spiritual side came out. And I think that that's, you know, he was looking forward to that. He said that that'll be a good thing about this whole thing. And I think he asked his wife, Barbara, to keep his name alive. Just keep it alive. Well, so Tom, I think she's doing that. I think yeah, she's doing that. Thank you for bringing us <laughs> well, on such an up note towards the end of our show well, here. You know what, what it says? You're just like what, a real, you're a real hockey puck yeah. there, my friend. <laughs> the only thing I'm trying to say, the only thing possibly I'm trying to say here at the end is, is that the guy was a really well-rounded and a very sweet 
guy. And that act he did, that's why I think it worked, because he was sweet. And I got the sweetness, even when he was going after people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was he was not mean. He wasn't angry. He was not really an insult comic, as far I as don't he was think concerned. So. It was attitude. And he was just saying things to be funny. And in a way, he expressed this. It was a way to bring everyone together. Beautiful. Make fun of wow. everyone, including himself. The good comics do that. They'll make fun of themselves as well as making fun of other people. And it brings them together. And Don Rickles really did. The guy is a legend. Well, people don't know Don Rickles. Shame on you who's listening to this doesn't know Don. <laughs> go, you better go search him out, watch his stuff. He's one of the best. Everyone should at least try to listen to Hello, Dummy. And if they are too offended to get through it, they should, like you said, listen to the last five minutes. And if you know nothing else about Don Rickles but the last five minutes of that, you know a pretty good amount about Don Rickles. Logan, I love it. What a great way to wrap up our show here. You did it. <laughs> All right. Tom. Thanks, Logan. Thanks, Logan. Tom, you're still a hockey puck. <laughs> I'm, and I'm proud to be a yeah. hockey puck. <laughs> I thought you would be. All right, gentlemen, <laughs> we're going to bring this show to an end here. I want to thank you. Again, I had a blast. Logan Rashaw, thank it's you so much. Always a good time. And Tom McGallis. Thanks for inviting me. Hey, man, it was always good to talk with you guys, have some fun, and we're going to have to do it again soon, okay? Absolutely. Yep. All right, I'm Dave Schwenson. Thank you for listening to What's So Funny. And until next time, keep laughing. What's So Funny is a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Special thanks to executive producers Joan Andrews and Michael DeLoya, producer Sarah Wilgroup, and audio engineer Eric Coltnow. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. This podcast was produced with the support of the Ohio Motion Picture Tax Credit and in partnership with the Ohio Development Services Agency.